Hey mamas, welcome back to the So You Had a Baby podcast. I'm your host, Krista, and this is episode 45. This week, I'm joined by Emily Silver. Emily is a family nurse practitioner, international board certified lactation consultant, as well as the co-founder of Naps and Nurture by Naps. She received her undergraduate degree in nursing from Boston College and started her career as a nurse in general medicine, then worked as a labor and delivery nurse while completing her graduate degree as a nurse practitioner from UMass Boston. After graduating, Emily put her degree to work, practicing as women's health nurse practitioner for an OBGYN in Brookline. All the while, Emily was running naps with Jamie, her business partner, as a side hustle since 2011, and she finally decided to follow her true passion and run naps full-time with Jamie in 2017. Emily is most passionate about educating and supporting families through naps in a way that makes them feel confident, comfortable, and free of judgment in all of their parenting decisions. She is so relatable when working with clients pulling from her own experiences from pregnancy and the early parenting stages as a mother of two girls. Emily lives in Charleston, Massachusetts with her husband, two kids, and dog, Macy. I was so excited to have her on to share both her experience and her knowledge. We covered so many topics that don't always get discussed that quite honestly need a lot more attention. And I am so excited for all of you to learn just how amazing of a resource her company NAPS can be for yourself or anyone you know who is in this prenatal and postpartum phase. Also, be sure to listen to the whole episode because Emily has a really amazing offer for all of the So You Had a Baby listeners at the very end of the episode. Enjoy, mamas. I'm your host, Krista, and this is the So You Had a Baby podcast. Postpartum can look different for everyone, but the one consistent thing I've found is that there is not enough positive conversations happening to empower women in this beautiful journey we call motherhood. Join me and my incredible guests as we share empowering stories and topics to inspire women to grow and love themselves more throughout their postpartum journey. Together, we will work to change the stigma around postpartum. Hey mamas, before I jump into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that I have a website at www.soyouhadababypod.com. And if you haven't yet, go take a minute to check it out. I have a blog highlighting each of my incredible guests and their businesses and a resources page that has links to some of my favorite products, as well as links to favorite products shared by guests in various episodes. I'm constantly updating the page, so be sure to check in often. As always, sending you all love and empowerment in this wonderful journey we call motherhood. All right. So as I mentioned before, I am joined today by Emily Silver. And Emily, I'm really excited to have you on um, I'm going to just have you tell the listeners a little bit little bit about yourself. So your name, profession, who you're a mom to, and what led you to an interest in the field you're working in. Absolutely. I am so excited to be here, by the way, as well. I love talking with other moms, and it's just going to be really fun. Um, it is. <laughs> but yeah, my name is Emily Silver. I am a family nurse practitioner. I'm actually a former labor and delivery nurse. That's sort of where I spent the most time of my career. Um, And then I did become a nurse practitioner and saw um, women in private practice for OBGYN. Mm -hmm. Um, And through my company that I work for now and own, I over the years became a board certified lactation consultant and I do a lot of childbirth education and I am also a mom and my girls are five and three Um, and so I think what's been fun for me over the years is that everything is sort of like intermixed now of this medical training and schooling and profession that I was in and then becoming like a real life mom and actually going through it. So I feel like I'm able to merge those two worlds, which is really nice. Um, like what, 
interest in my field, I mean, I, I go back to like the beginning of time of like, why did I become a nurse? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it really came from, I had a loss of a sister when I was a young child and I saw the, and she was a baby and I saw like the struggle that my parents went through around that and around bringing in another child into the world after that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sort of just really resonated with me in terms of, wanting to support parents and better educate them. And I don't think I really knew at the time as a child that that's what I wanted to do. (laughs) But somehow I did fall into this role of nursing. And I just, I really don't believe that it's a coincidence that I wanted to work with moms and babies always. And I actually want to like go to your house and I want to meet you in person when you've had a baby and help you. Yeah. What a, what a beautiful, you know, entrance into your career field. It's amazing how hard life circumstances turn you into the person you want to be later and like shape you from the very beginning, even without you recognizing it. Absolutely. I I feel like, and I feel like a lot of times moms can relate to this is like these hard moments that you experience really push you into this direction of like, okay, this is where I need to be. Right. And and I just think that's so beautiful. And it's so cool that all of these pieces of your education kind of funneled into this beautiful purpose of serving, serving women in this space that we all know is, is a, a, a beautiful and challenging time for, for, for most women. So having support like you with the resources you have is really amazing. Oh, well, thank you. And don't I know it? (laughs) A beautiful and challenging time. (laughs) Yes. I I tell you what, being a mom yourself and then getting into this field, I feel like I've talked to so many people and it's not until you become a mom that you're like, oh my gosh, this is way different standing on this side of it versus being somebody who hasn't had a kid and helping. <laughs> I know we say it all the time and I know it drives people crazy that haven't had kids, but then when they have a kid, they're like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you were talking yeah, about now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, perspective is real, is real important sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so if you could describe your postpartum experience in one word, what would it be and why? So it's funny, I thought about this question a little bit ahead of time, and I almost feel like the word that just keeps coming to mind or words are just that I learned and I evolved, right? And that's simply Mm -hmm. because my first postpartum experience is very different from my second. And Mm -hmm. it's different because of how hard my struggle was the first time that I was able to like see things differently and educate myself and be better prepared for the second time around. Um, so, so whether we want to call it advancing or learning or growing, I just got, maybe I got smarter, (laughs) (laughs) but hopefully I can tell you how today, um, which is a huge part of my story when I talk to my own patients is, you know, how can you avoid like certain things that I went through? Yeah. (laughs) Well, please, please jump right into your story. I, I, this is, this is honestly one of my favorite parts is just hearing, hearing every woman share their own successes and challenges because it's so different for every woman. No one's story is the same. So please get into your story. I would love to hear it. I love a good labor story and a good birth story too, right? Yeah, (laughs) Um, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I definitely love to start by let, and I always let the moms in my mom groups know too, um, when we talk about like our pregnancies and birth stories, I had very challenging pregnancies. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually had like true hyperemesis with both pregnancies, which is where you are sick um, every day, all day for the duration of the pregnancy. I mean, I did feel better with both of my girls around 35 weeks, Mm -hmm. but that was like just in time to be really big and uncomfortable and develop hemorrhoids and have (laughs) other problems. Um, I was very sick. Um, And that also was part of how I played my second pregnancy a little differently than my first Mm-hmm. And again, it wasn't any better. I was still just as sick, but I handled it a little bit differently. I did have an IV the entire time for my pregnancy and went in every other day for fluids. I was on a lot of medication. I never once took a prenatal vitamin because I couldn't keep it down. Um, my children grew on Zofran, Coca-Cola, and like bagels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my pregnancies were really tough. And Really, by the end of both of them, I just couldn't wait 
to deliver and for them to be here because I knew that I was going to physically feel so much better. Yeah. Um, the minute that they were born. So I truly just did not connect with being pregnant. I, I didn't like anything about it. And I sometimes was so sick that I felt that I was never going to get better. Um, and mm. you forget that you're like actually pregnant and growing a baby and you, you actually just feel like you're dying. <laughs> Something <laughs> really wrong. Um, the silver lining is I had awesome labors for both my girls. I went into labor spontaneously. I broke my water. Everything progressed really quickly. I was a labor mm-hmm. and delivery nurse at the time. So they gave me beautiful epidurals. I pushed for like 20 minutes and I had beautiful births where I delivered both of the girls with my own hands. Um, oh, so cool. I actually like love, love, love labor and delivery and thought that being in labor and the actual delivery piece was so cool. And if I wasn't mm-hmm. so sick when I was pregnant, I would do it like a million more times. Um, <laughs> well, you had two, so I mean, it must have. It's funny how we forget that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I forgot, but not entirely. I was like, I'm gonna. I I more so the second time said to myself, "Listen, Emily, you are gonna be sick again. You are gonna feel like you're dying. You are gonna feel like really depressed. You are gonna be throwing up all day. So you need to have scheduled appointments for your IV infusions this time. You need to slow down at work. You need to get childcare for Grace." Because you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to get up with her in the morning. Like I had to like accept that I was going to need some help. Um, yeah. I do feel like I was just so excited for like the babies to be here, especially as a labor and delivery nurse. And I just love, I love newborns and I love babies so much. And I think mm-hmm. I was completely blindsided my first postpartum experience by so many things. Um One is that like, maybe I put all the eggs in the basket of that. Once I deliver, my life is going to be so beautiful and perfect. Like once the baby's here, this is what I do for a living, breastfeeding babies. Like I know all the things of the book. I know what Mm -hmm. to do. I'm good. And it was like a huge slap in the face when I really, really struggled. Um, Hmm. I mean, I've always had anxiety since, you know, being a child and I, and I treated and I, and I have good therapy, but Holy Lord, you can't imagine the anxiety that comes for you postpartum. Um, no, not at all. No, <laughs> no you cannot. Uh, and I know that there's there's so much language around this, like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And I'm not even sure that sometimes when you're in it, it's just like super all lumped together as one big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Grace, my first baby, while super cute, had severe reflux. She was really gassy. She spit up a lot. She cried a lot. She ended up being on a reflux medication. And, um, you know, I had bleeding cracked nipples when I was breastfeeding the first week home. And, I, mm. and I'm a lactation. I was like, what is going on? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I had so much pain. Um, and then the biggest thing that I think really drove my anxiety and, like, fueled it was the lack of sleep. And the lack Mm -hmm. of sleep didn't come from the fact that I had a newborn. It actually came from the fact that I didn't ask for help. And when help was offered to me, I didn't accept it. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a, that's such a common story for moms. Right. I don't, I I don't know why we have a hard time asking for help. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely getting better at it, but you know, I had a friend who would offer to come stay with Grace at night. And eventually she did. Um, and my husband, my parents, like everyone was trying to help me. And I had this mentality of like, no, like I am supposed to do this. I'm supposed to feed Mm her. I'm already up breastfeeding. So I'll just do the diapers. I'll do the swaddling. I'll do the soothing. My husband's back at work. I should be able to get up in the morning and do the day. And like, make sure that there's food and that the dishes are done, like, because he's working and I'm here with the baby all day. So I should be able to do all these things. Mm -hmm. So I sort of like entered this spiral of having baseline anxiety and not managing that well. And I should have anticipated that that would come for me, which was like Mm -hmm. really ignited by the lack of sleep. I mean, after three to four nights of, of not like having good sleep that like fifth day, I would feel like crazy, not like crazy that I was going to hurt myself or my baby, but just like, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't get out of my own way. Everything felt like a big deal. Um, 
uh, anything that anyone said to me could rub me wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there were just too many highs and lows, like too many ups and downs. Yeah. Um, I- sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's really wonderful that you're sharing this piece of it because I, I know, I know, like, as you're saying this, I'm literally can remember myself doing all of the same things and feeling so almost resentful, like, oh, I have to do all this by myself. I have to do, you know, but, but you don't. And if you step out of your own way long enough, you'll see that everyone wants to help you. And the only person hindering this help is, is you. Yeah for sake of not wanting to look like a bad mom or look like you can't handle this, which is so silly because no one's this, we were not meant to do this alone. Absolutely not. (laughs) This is, this has never been an alone job. (laughs) We do like live in this world though, where there is this sort of like stigma. And I think it comes from social media or it's fueled by that a little bit too, of that women look like the faster they bounce back postpartum is like the better of a mom that they are or mm-hmm. you see like somebody walking. I, you know, I see it all the time. I live in Boston. You see a mom out with her stroller, getting her coffee, like having a walk. And you're like, Oh my God, I couldn't even shower today. How did that mom like <laughs> go out for a walk? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start making stories up in your head that like all these other people are doing it all because you see like one picture on Instagram that makes you think, that that's like their reality and it's not. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I mean, social media, no one ever tells the story behind the picture, like what it took to, I mean, you see it a little bit more now, but even still there's this portrayed perfection in getting everything done and doing it alone and, and what it looks like to be a good mom. And that is not the, that is not the story that's behind that picture. Everyone knows that. I know. I know. I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you, did you prep yourself better in your second postpartum knowing, you know, the struggle that you went through in your first? Yeah. I mean, I still could have been better about it. Like I still think about if I did it again, how I could even be that much better. But the first time around it, it took the point of actually my husband and my business partner, who's my best friend, Jamie, Um, And another really good friend who was a nurse at the time actually like sitting down with me and being like, so, (laughs) right. Like this, these are, this is what needs to happen. Like you need to take care of yourself. You need to plan for help in advance. You can't, you know, you need to accept help at night and sort of got like forced into that, which was really uncomfortable for me. But the minute Mm -hmm. that I let my husband take her overnight or let a nurse come overnight and take the baby. And I, and I got myself to sleep. I felt so much better. Um, and then I obviously on like a medical level, like talked to my doctor about it and, you know, increased my anxiety medication. And there's all this guilt of like, Oh, I'm breastfeeding and I'm taking an anxiety medication. And it's like, well, actually it's safe for breastfeeding and you know it. So get over it, Emily. And, you know, (laughs) who can I talk to like professionally about these things and setting the systems up? So Mm -hmm. then I feel like the second time around, you know, I knew I was going to be sick again. I knew I was going to need help, but I really knew how much um, sleep I would need to ward off some of these like postpartum symptoms. And I also was sort of over being a martyr. I mean, don't get me wrong. By no means was I perfect, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, I said to myself, okay, like who can help me, right? Like who can watch Grace on some days when I have the, when I'm at home with the baby, you know, right off the bat, I hired one of our nurses to come three nights a week, right off the bat. And my husband was like, no, 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 we don't need it. And I was like, nope, this person's just going to come three nights a week. Um, and, and I let him take the baby for feeds overnight. I got really good at tag teaming. Like I'm getting up to breastfeed and then I'll hand the baby to you for the diaper and the swaddling and the soothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm going to pump and go to bed. You can do the first feed and then give me the baby in the middle of the night and we'll switch. Yeah. Um, and I started like getting a little bit more strategic and planning and then like fully, like not saying no to anything. Like when my mom came over, she would say like, what can I do to help? And I would say like, Dishwasher needs to be unloaded. Hold your sweat and shower. Yeah, like laundry hasn't been done in a week. And I just I stopped worrying about sort of like for lack of a better way to describe it, like the BS around the house. Like 
keeping the house tidy and like running the laundry and preparing dinner. I was like, I'm out for those things. I am literally keeping children alive today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I lowered my expectations significantly. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to, you have to do that. It's I'm, I, I, I can applaud you for being able to, to put down, honestly, I feel like the word that when it comes to mind is like an ego in ourselves of wanting to be able to do everything and say we can do it all and like look look like we're managing life like tip top shape right but i i applaud you for being able to to ask for help and make the plan and have somebody come in because it's hard to do those things it's hard and the reality is is if you when you do start handing over some of these tasks you realize that the people who are asking aren't just asking to to say the words they really want to help you they want to do things or your partner really wants to, they want to be involved. And a lot of times I feel like the cycle that happens is as, as a new mom, you feel like you need to do any, everything and your partner starts feeling like they can't do anything. And then when you do expect them to jump in, they feel, you know, nervous about it, or they don't feel empowered in their own parenting skills. And so you have this like battle of, you know, you, you tried to take over things for too long and now your partner doesn't want to help because they don't feel like they can. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there is this couple called the Gottmans. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they Mm -mm. do um, research on, and and some of it includes like couples and when you have a baby and, you know, and I always pull this through them, but really like the number one reason that partners aren't involved in care of the baby right away is because we don't let them. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I hate to say this, but for all the moms listening, (laughs) let your partner help. Well, and then (laughs) I decided the next reason why they're unlikely to help is because when they do, or when they have tried, we have likely criticized them. (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> or like stood by and watched yeah. to make sure they were swaddling right or corrected them. It's like after so many times of being corrected, you're like, you know what? Yeah, just do like, it. Let it's, them do just it. Just do it. Let them do it their way. Let them figure it out. I always tell my moms, I'm like, you're like a smart person, right? You married this person or you're a partner with them. You embarked on a parenting journey with them. You like them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that they're <laughs> they're not, you know, leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how... <laughs> I've, I've watched this happen, uh, just from, you know, different people I've met and, and how many it's, it's baffling to me how many times I've heard from moms. Oh, I don't know if I trust my husband to do that. It's like, didn't you marry this person (laughs) or you chose to have a kid with this person? Yeah. They, they they got themselves to be an adult at this point. At some point you have to trust the person. Like you're going to, you're going to be stuck in this, in this struggle yeah. for a long time. If you don't ever I mean, learn the to bottom trust. Line is you can't, not only can you not do everything for your child and it's not possible, right? Like you're not always going to be there every day. You're not always going to be mm-hmm. there for every bedtime. You're not always going to do every feed. So you need to get comfortable right away of letting other people in your family, like your partner that you should trust to take care of your child. Mm-hmm. And I always spin it this way too. Like it's a disservice to your child. If you don't give them that time with absolutely their father or their other parent or their grandparents, right. Or, you mm-hmm. know, just socially being with other people and, and, and being around other kids eventually. But these are skills that we want to give our kids. Right. Um, so absolutely. That's what I need to say to get them out of their own way. I'm like, at least do it for your baby. <laughs> yeah. I read something once that, uh, I don't remember where I read it from, but essentially it was saying that the the ability of leaving, you know, your child with some, obviously someone you care and you know will take care of them, number one, but being able to leave and your child knowing that you're going to leave and then developing that trust to know that you'll come back is really healthy for Absolutely. the baby to, to learn how to, to, to understand you leaving and coming back and that that is something that will happen. If that never, if they never experienced in that, experience that, then their, their anxiety of you leaving is going to increase as they get older. Absolutely. Which is not beneficial for any, anybody. (laughs) You need to be able to step away. And I've heard so many times from my own parents, she's a different kid when you're not around. Like she's so much more fun and she's not worried about where you are. Like we really enjoy 
or almost more when you're not there. It's like, okay, <laughs> good to know. You're like, thanks. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Is that a thank you? <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny. So and another thing I want to touch on that I'm just really grateful for you sharing is that with all of your experience in before having a baby and being in this world and being a labor and delivery nurse, you know, for anyone listening, I feel like they think, oh my gosh, she probably knew everything. And I think there's a lot of power hearing you say for, for everyone listening, hearing you say that I, I was rocked, you know, even after, even with all of my knowledge. So for, for any woman who thinks like, I need to know everything, like even when you know everything, you don't know everything no. and that's okay. <laughs> so okay. You know, and part of that too, is that it's just so different when you're living in it. Right. And you're actually mm-hmm. going through it. And then I do think a huge piece of it is also every baby's so different. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a labor and delivery nurse and working with moms and babies through Boston naps, like, uh, you know, before, um, I had kids, I would go in and help people. I practiced, you know, evidence-based care and what I was taught at the hospital. And these are good eating and sleeping routines. The reality Mm -hmm. of it is, is that, you know, every baby is different, right? And part of it is that I can see that now. Jamie, my business partner, has three girls that are five, three, and one, and mine are five and three. Mm -hmm. And we do this for a living and we can follow our books or our methods but each child has been a little bit different, right? And what worked yeah. for one didn't work for the other. So I love like reading and studying and taking classes and, and learning. But some of it is like, you're going to navigate this stuff when that kid's here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I was rocked. Absolutely. My world was rocked. <laughs> <laughs> so Emily, what would you say was your biggest struggle and your biggest win in your postpartum or postpartums? So let's go with like my first postpartum versus my second, maybe. I think that the biggest struggle was allowing my anxiety and lack of sleep and my martyrism consume me um, mm-hmm. and not being able to, you get, I guess you just can't see your way out of it, right? So perhaps I could mm-hmm. have thought about it a little bit more. Um, which is so much of why I like to educate on this before, like when you're pregnant, what can you think about postpartum? So you don't end up in a place like me. And my win is that I am not perfect by any means, but I actively make an effort every day to think about what I will do that day, what I won't do that day Mm -hmm. and what I can ask for help with. I truly, I truly yeah. try to do this every day and, and yeah, I miss days. I'm not perfect, but I've gotten better at asking for help in advance. It's almost like the boy who cried wolf, right? Like I would go, you know, have several days without sleep. And then on Saturday morning, I'm calling my mom crying, being like, mom, please. Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm in the darkest place. Like, I need you to come help me right away. And now my mom's panicking, like, oh, my God, Emily, like, I'm at the grocery store. How am I going to get an hour into Boston? <laughs> and the second time around, I would say to my mom, can you come on Saturday for the day? And it's like Monday, mm-hmm. right? And, and <laughs> I don't even know if I need my mom to come on Saturday. But I'm saying, like, hey, mom, I want you to come on Saturday because it's so much easier to set up the help in advance yeah. And anticipate your needs. And, you know, say they come and like, you don't really actually need much, then just like take a shower or take a nap. Um, or the worst yeah. case is you can always cancel. You can cancel that day. Hey, you know what? We're doing mm-hmm. really well. I actually don't need help today. It's a lot easier to take that route than the route I took the first time, which was always crying wolf and scrambling at the last minute. It becomes exhausting yeah. for your family and friends too, you know? It does. It does. It's absolutely. Not the help piece, it's the lack of asking for help and doing it at the last minute. So mm-hmm. planning yeah. in advance, asking for help, you've got to get comfortable with it. It's hard to ask for help. It's a learned skill. <laughs> it is. It is a learned skill. And I feel like it's a, a skill that you have to practice in every phase of totally. motherhood because every phase is going to throw new curveballs at you. And if you do it at the beginning, it's easier later on. Totally. And I do, I tell my moms all the time, if you asking for help is not a sign of weakness, 
to me, mm-hmm. it's a sign of strength. If you can look at absolutely, and say, like, you know, and, and say, I need help with this or yes, can you do that? That would be great. That's like, that's mm-hmm. huge. Like good for you. It, Yeah, absolutely. I think that needs to be said like 900 more times <laughs> that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength and that you want to be able to show up for your family. Mm-hmm. And when you ask for help, you can show up for your family and you can show up for yourself. Yep. And let's be real. Taking a shower is still a really wonderful part of my day when I'm not interrupted by my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 15 minutes is glorious <laughs> by myself. It's so important. It really is. <laughs> So I feel like you covered this a little bit, but I think it's worth asking again and having you share these again is if you knew what you know now, what are three things you would say to your prenatal self to help you in postpartum? To my prenatal self would be um, know in advance that breastfeeding is going to be hard. And and mm-hmm. even as someone who knows all about breastfeeding and loves it and, and I like to help women breastfeed, to just understand that it's hard. And I don't say that to discourage people from doing it, but it's a real, um, it's a real big blow when it comes around time to do it and it's not going well. And then you've decided that there's something like wrong with you, um, or that you're failing as a mom because you can't feed your baby just because it's a bit hard. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I would think about actually like that piece of feeding my baby pregnant that way I could line up help around lactation probably a little bit sooner than I did. <laughs> yeah. Just accept help around lactation and not wait for something to go wrong. <laughs> um, for my prenatal. That's a great self, point. <laughs> I would say to make a plan with my husband when I'm pregnant about how we're going to get sleep. Um, I understand that we're tired as parents. I'm tired all the time, but I do hate when people are like, Oh, you're having a baby. You'll never sleep again. It's like, Oh, come on. You know, it's so dumb and unhelpful. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, would make a plan, an actual schedule in advance with my husband of like, I'm going to always do the first half of the night because I'm a night owl and I'm going to, and you're going to do the second half of the night, like actual set up some tag teaming and schedule what that would look like and talk about it prenatally instead of postpartum when we're both really like tired and struggling. Um, and then my prenatal self. So I'm going to take a different route with this answer here. And I think I actually want to talk about the anxiety piece because there's so much stigma against it. I think I I, going back, I would have been more open and honest with myself and with other people about how anxious I am. Um, and how I do need, you know, medication and a therapist on board to be my best self. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. actually acknowledging that and talking about it more prenatally would help lift the stigma for women. Um, and then yeah. perhaps I could have been a little bit more successful postpartum. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a great point in, in kind of addressing this thing. So it doesn't sound like it's all lumped in with this postpartum phase, but really recognizing that sometimes that anxiety is there before mm-hmm. and it's not going to go away when your hormones are out of whack. No, <laughs> it's definitely it's not going to get better. So addressing those <laughs> from the beginning and having those conversations with your health professionals so that they can be on board and know what to expect and, and prep right. you and, you know, make sure that you're getting the right nourishment and the night, the right help and the right medications, if that's needed, like make sure that you're set up for success versus like the crash and burn and oh, then yeah. help. I mean, not like for a total tangent, but I, but I will say that the first time I became pregnant and wanted to be pregnant so bad, I, I killed myself coming off of my anxiety medication um, because I did not mm. want to be on it when I was pregnant. And that is what society told me and that I felt when I read things online that I really need to come off of this to be pregnant. And I did. I became pregnant. And not only was I really struggling in the worst version of myself, but I did, I went on to have a miscarriage and a DNC. Um, and I just was in a really bad place and I did end up going back on my medication for my two girls who are beautiful and healthy. And I had, I was much better like because of that. So, um, you just have to, you do really have to take care of yourself first. Honestly, like I know Mm -hmm. it sounds a little bit backwards to be like, 
take care of yourself first before your baby. But the, the, my two pregnancies that I took care of myself and my health and my body and my mind better were, were good pregnancies. Right. Uh, I mean, well, they weren't good because yeah. I was sick, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so the babies are healthy and you're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. Beautiful, healthy kids. You know, what's funny is we, we should, the, even in the airplane, they tell you to put your mask on before you put the mask yep. on your kids. It, it's, it feel like it should be an obvious idea, it but never it never is, is that, <laughs> that if you're not doing well yourself, then you definitely can't help right. anyone else. Like the person spiraling out of control is not the person you right. lean on for help ever. You really like recognize <laughs> so, that when you're in it. Cause I do tell people all the yeah. time when they're pregnant, you need to take care of yourself first when the baby's here. Like you need a plan. And they look at me like I have five mm-hmm. heads. Like, well, wh- what do you mean? Like, of course I'm going to my baby first. My shower, my, like, my no. food, my water, my going to the bathroom, my pumping, that'll come later. Um, and then you're <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, I as well to any of, any of my clients, I preach that. I think I, I think I, say it so much that they're like, we get it. We get it. (laughs) But that's not something you can say enough. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel like all of your whole story, there's so many pieces that I feel like anyone can listen to and be like, okay, that is good to hear. You know, again, why I love having women share their stories just because it's nice to hear that, you know, everyone has these ones and everyone has these struggles and it's so much easier if we could just learn from each other and recognize and take down that stigma of, Oh, she's doing things perfectly. She knows how she's got it together. Like everyone has these struggles. So thank you for sharing all of, all of your experience. Like I, it's nice to talk about and it feels good to release some of it too, you know? Absolutely. There's a lot of power that comes from telling the hard stories and recognizing that somebody else right. can grow from it. Like it helps well, you grow too. Listening, if you think a mom is perfect or you think they're doing it all and it's all unicorns and rainbows, they are either lying to you or they're lying to themselves. Because <laughs> that is not yep. reality. <laughs> no, it, agreed. So Emily, I'm going to transition because I'm really excited to talk about yeah. your business. And so you are, um, as we mentioned before, you're a family nurse practitioner and an international board certified certified lactation consultant. And you're also the co-founder of Nurture by Naps or Boston Naps. Yes. So I mean, and we've recently, to throw you for a curveball, because our company has grown so much this year, we have rebranded and we're now just Naps. Um, you know, we're, we're still in Boston Amazing. And, and our Instagram is Boston naps and people really like know us as Boston naps, but our company is now naps, mm-hmm. um, which I can tell you a bit about. And then nurture by naps is our, is our newest baby of the bunch. It's our online membership program that can be accessed from anybody ah. anywhere all over the country, which has been so fun. Yeah. Well, let's get into all of these because I want to know about all of the pieces. I I said, I'm excited for myself to learn more about it. But honestly, for for this community, I'm just really excited for you to know everything about this company. So So (laughs) what is NAPS and and what inspired you two to start the company? So NAPS, you know, we've had NAPS since 2011. And at the time, Jamie and I were working as labor and delivery nurses. We had such a blast, by the way. We were like young in our 20s. We didn't have kids yet. And we worked the night shift. And (laughs) Jamie picked me up for work. And she'd bring me iced coffee. And we would blast the Lizzo and the Jay-Z on the way into work. Like, we had the the best time working the night shift. Loved our, like... Really quick, were you guys friends? Were you guys friends friends before? (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) loved, loved, loved our jobs. Like, being a labor and delivery nurse was so awesome. Like, I just, I loved going to work. I, it just was such an, such an amazing place. And to be able to like walk in and meet somebody right there and then, and it's their first time at the hospital, you have this like quick amount of time to like establish trust with them. And then you're about to become mm-hmm. a huge person in the most intimate moment of their life. Right. Um, and so yeah, we had absolutely. So much fun with it, but actually what started happening were our patients would ask Jamie and I for our numbers or if we could go home with them. And we would laugh like, no, 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 we can't do that. 
And we really got talking and we, we used to sit around on the night shift and say, what do people do? Like, where do they go? Um, who helps them when they go home? And so mm-hmm. we ended up, you know, we went to nursing school. We do not have any uh, degrees in business here. We, we opened our private duty nursing company and we hired, you know, well, we threw spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick. Right. But we opened our company, we hired <laughs> nurses and we initially started by just offering daytime and overnight nursing care in Boston. And then as the company mm-hmm. grew, we went on to add in prenatal education, postpartum, not just daytime and overnight nursing care, but lactation consulting, sleep consulting, new mom support groups that you would come to with your baby. Um, and it just sort mm-hmm. of took on a life of its own. And it, having kids changed a lot for us as well in terms of like how we provided practice and becoming lactation consultants. If you had asked me 10 years ago, if mm-hmm. I would be a lactation consultant, I'd be like, uh, no, <laughs> but I, ended up loving <laughs> I love, I love helping women feed their baby, right. Whatever way it is. And yeah. so it sort of took on a life of its own. And along the way, about three years ago, we had to decide what we were going to do, right? Because we were working other jobs. We were teaching for some universities in Boston. We had kids and naps was sort of this side hustle. Um, And we Mm -hmm. had a lot of hard conversations and we decided to quit all of our other jobs, hire full-time childcare and just fully work full-time for the company. And it is the best decision that we could have ever made. Um. That's like so really amazing. When, we, when we grew, when we could be in it all the time and give it like all of the love and the attention that it needed. So through yeah. naps, like you still can. And because of the pandemic, and we will always remain virtual even after the pandemic because it's going so well, but you mm-hmm. can do your prenatal classes when you're pregnant. You can have a lactation person come to your home or see you virtually you can do sleep consulting and you can still join all of our mom support groups and peer support groups from anywhere. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so fun. And um, Nurture by Naps is our online membership. So when you become a member, Mm -hmm. it's really, I think it's so exciting because you become a member and when you enter our membership platform, you can be pregnant or with a newborn. The content is sort of broken up to cater to you where you are in your parenting journey. So you're pregnant, a baby yeah. zero to three months, three to six, six to nine, nine to 12. We're about to release 12 to 18. Oh, no, we did release 12 to 18. We're about to release 18 to 24 and then two to three years. So the idea is that you can join us for your journey. And inside the membership, mm-hmm. we have short video clips, downloads, webinars, masterclasses, all of the content that you could possibly need as a new parent. And it's delivered to you in very short video clips, right? I think we're saturated. I love Mm -hmm. blogs. I love reading and I love, you know, watching and listening to things as well. But when you're tired and you're home with a baby and you need a quick answer, you can go get it here. Um, Yeah. And then we have live meetups. So members enjoy like live webinars. We have live Q and A's for members only where you can show up and there's always a registered nurse on the other end to like guide your group live and you can ask any questions. And then there's a board called ask a nurse where you can post a question and one of our nurses, registered nurses will answer it within 24 hours. That's amazing. (laughs) So it is really cool. Honestly, I have to say so. I went on and was looking through your website and decided to become a member just so I can, I wanted to see some of the videos and I love the video oh, I'm content. I'm so happy to hear that. I, yeah, it's, it feels like I'm sitting watching two of my friends <laughs> talk to me, honestly. And I, I love that it's you and Jamie talking and it, it just feels really personal, uh, personal and, and caring and nurturing. I honestly, I feel like I feel like it's such a, and it's a beautiful website (laughs) and very easy to navigate, which is really great when you feel like everything is crazy to sit down and do something really easy. That's going to get you a lot of answers. You know, you always, the care is always provided by registered nurses and nurse practitioners. So you will get that evidence-based piece with, you know, correct knowledge, but Mm -hmm. we are also moms and we are going to help you navigate this journey of, there are a lot of ways to do something right as a parent. 
Um, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. when you're Googling things or hearing all of this unsolicited advice from other parents, you think, well, they did it that way and they did it that way. Which one's right and which one's wrong? And oftentimes, yeah. sometimes things are wrong, right? Sometimes I'm like, no, that's that's not mm-hmm. right. But But sometimes I'm like, well, those are all great ways of doing something. We actually want to help our parents and Nurture by Naps figure out what is right for you without judgment. What is right for you yeah. and your family and your baby? Um, and can we cut out the external noise? Can we stop doing the deep Google searches that don't end in anything good? And can you just find yeah. it here in a quick clip or by asking us live or finding support through another mom in here too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think is really amazing that you guys offer is this virtual community, especially mm-hmm. right now. And I've heard this from so many women is one of the, because I, I work with a lot of pre and postnatal clients is one of the things I hear is it's been hard giving birth, especially this oh, yeah. this last year, because the thing that's missing for everybody is right. this community, is a community, is that community aspect when you need it the most and you right. have no one. And on top of the fact, it's hard to get out anyways as a new mom, but now you can't. And so the fact that you guys offer, you know, tried and true advice from people who are trained, uh, you know, nurses who are trained to actually give sound advice based off of proof and scientific studies and, you know, but, but you also have this community that you can offer of other people in the same phase that you're at that, that feels like, you know, and, and they get to come yeah. into your home. And the live peer support <laughs> is huge. Like you will see other moms on this, on the cameras with their baby. They're wearing them in carriers. They're bouncing their crying baby. They're crying. They're laughing. Like we are, we are feeling each other's emotions <laughs> and it feels really validating to sit even on Zoom in a room full of moms from all over that are living exactly what you're living right? It's like finding your mom friends Mm -hmm. that have a baby that is the same age as yours because they are truly able to empathize and understand what your night looked like or what your morning was like. You know, it's funny before, before becoming a mom. And I think I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of women on this podcast, but before becoming a mom, you don't really understand the need for friends who also have kids. It doesn't really make sense. You're like, I've got friends. Doesn't matter. But then you become a mom and you realize having friends who are in that same exact phase as you in motherhood is really important so that you can feel like put your, put your, you know, guard down so you can cry in front of this friend or laugh or just lose it completely. You know, in my case, I had, I had one of my best friends is I, we would get together and eat brownies and, you know, and cry and laugh. And it was just having that person who I could go through, who really understood where I was at was so valuable for helping me make it through motherhood, you know? And so the fact that you can offer that community and feel so vulnerable and supported in a virtual space yeah, is well, really thank beautiful. You. We, you know, we have so much fun with it too. And obviously we love it so much because it's, we build it and it's ours, but to see people actually going through our programs and the responses that we're getting and the improvements on mental health that we're seeing and just overall improvements mm-hmm. with feeding. And it's just so awesome to watch it unfold. That's really cool. I'm definitely going to have to pop into some of the virtual Please meetups. Do. I think that would be so a lot fun. of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so having personally experienced, you know, new parent nerves and feeling slightly inadequate and or more than slightly inadequate and unprepared, how can your company help new moms through this transition? And how can you help veteran moms who face, you know, their own sets of transition yes, struggles? And so, and all, you know, in the membership, when you're pregnant, there is a whole veterans mom section too, as well as a veterans mom survival guide group as well. Um, so it really doesn't, it's not meant for just first time moms, right? If you're pregnant and you're mm-hmm. listening, you know, we can guide you through your pregnancy with everything that you need to know. Our pre-baby boot camp is our biggest event that we do five times a year where couples come from all over on a weekend and we mail you curated boxes to your home and you join our nurses live from your living room on a Saturday and Sunday morning. And we go through everything that you need to know about labor and delivery. I oh, know, so cool. Breastfeeding, bottle feeding, pumping, sleep. What do you need to know to survive? And we take it a further step 
Um, and we talk about parenting and how to communicate with your partner. Oh, that's such a valuable oh, t- conversation. So too. And, <laughs> you know, partners love it. They love it as well. Um, but that's where we really start our journey with people is often in that prenatal experience. And then postpartum outside of the mm-hmm. membership, you know, we really reach a lot of women and love to see you for your like lactation support journey, whether that's in home or virtually virtual visits go very well. There's a lot that we can do for breastfeeding, pumping or bottle feeding or all of those things. And I think Mm -hmm. that is the piece where we just can't get enough support of that. You know, you get a lot of support in the hospital and then you're sent home and everything changes and every day is different. And some days are good mm-hmm. and some days are bad. Some are easy, some are hard. And <laughs> the breastfeeding journey in itself yeah. with or without pumping and bottles is, is a lot of highs and lows. So lactation is huge because people can stick with you for as little or as long as you want. And then our mom survival mm-hmm. guide is so fun. It's a six week series for moms who are home on maternity leave and you meet with the same 10 women and leader who's a nurse and a mom every week and cover different topics from like gassy babies to sleep to pumping and going back to work. So even if you're not in the membership, there's still so many ways that you can, you know, work with us or have a nurse see you and work with you. Um, but it really is meant mm-hmm. to be all encompassing that you can jump in at any time. It does, you know, you can stick with us for as long as you want, whether it's the whole, you know, if you didn't meet us when you're pregnant, no worries. Like we can work with you when you deliver. Um, if you only want to use yeah. us for lactation because you live in California and you're taking classes out there, like no problem. Right. Um, <laughs> you know how it is as yeah. a mom too. Like the more, the more support that you can have, the better. So yeah, like you can jump Absolutely. in with us anywhere, anytime, and you do not have to be local to Boston. I mean, if you are, you can likely work with us in person. And if you're not, we'll see you virtually. But we're seeing people from all over and it's 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 fun and it's going really well. And I think this is, you know, this isn't changing, you know, with or without the pandemic, we're, we're always going to be here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that that's one of my, the best things that's come from this pandemic is the fact that it's really opened up this virtual communication in such a, a, a nice way, because now people have access to care that maybe they didn't have access to prior. Everyone's more willing to have these virtual conversations and it feels less scary. And, you know, before I feel like a lot of people are like, Ooh, I don't want people in my home or that feels too you know, too personal or it feels too impersonal and it's kind of changed our mindset to, and I think that is so powerful because there's a lot of people who are in little, who are in remote cities or remote, remote counties that don't have access to, to good care. And so to know that you can access, you know, a lot of different providers now, um, you know, our groups now without having to leave your house or, you know, or drive hours because let's be real. A lot of kids don't want to sit in the car that long. And so that is one of the biggest deterrents Absolutely. for moms getting the help they need is I not know. wanting to put their and, kids and in I the car. I can't blame them. <laughs> I really can't. No, me either. It's a process to get out of the house. Sure it's is. still a process to get out of the house. And so, and so the fact that you offer this not only to Boston, but to everywhere is yeah, that's, really I'm, cool. I'm so glad that you think so. We want it to be as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. So I, I'm just kind of curious for myself, what are some of the most common questions you get asked by moms in any phase of motherhood that in you work any with? Any phase of motherhood? Yeah. Cause I know that, I mean, we have listeners who are in, I mean, obviously from that newborn to toddler age, what are some of the sleep. most common Everybody questions? Everybody wants to talk to me about sleep. <laughs> I can't sleep. blame My them. Baby's here. How do we start working on getting longer stretches of sleep at night? My baby is still getting up at night. How can we make sleep better? Um, then we conquer nighttime sleep and people want to know about how to make daytime sleep better. It, it's funny. And if you come onto a live Q&A or if you look at our moment for mom on Instagram that we do every week, a lot of the questions are very sleep heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is that when we're really tired as parents, we start throwing everything at it, but the kitchen sink to try to fix it. 
So for me, it's usually easy to take a step back and say like, okay, <laughs> but here's going to be like one thing that I'm going to do for the next three to five nights to make sleep better. Um, but sleep is always like mm-hmm. a hot, hot topic. <laughs> and then like going back to work, I think that's going fair. Back to work is huge. Um, even in the pandemic, I know a lot of women aren't necessarily going back to work in the traditional way that we are used to and that like you leave the house and you go to your office, but people are working and it's probably even a bit harder, mm-hmm. right? Cause we're working from our homes with our children, yeah. maybe with help, maybe with childcare, maybe not. And so I feel like that, that has really translated into the conversation around setting boundaries and how to prepare to to go back to work in a way that protects you and your partner and your and and your little family mm-hmm. unit, you know, while also being able to keep the boundaries at work and and get the things done that you need to get done. So that's like a super yeah super hot topic right now as well. Um, I feel like yeah. that's a that's a good question and good thing to practice oh, is yeah. setting boundaries as a mom or as a parent. Like we, I feel like so quickly we throw that boundary out and and don't respect ourselves to create them in parenthood, and they're real important Absolutely. all the time. Absolutely, and especially now than ever with COVID and the pandemic, that is a that is a huge topic of like what can this look like because what you think you should be doing or what you can be doing is probably a lot different in the, in the environment that we're sort of like living in right now. Um, so it does mm-hmm. always circle back to everything always circles back to like, how can we take care of you so that you can better take care of your family for sure. Like it always comes yeah. full circle to that in almost every conversation. A- and then like the, the mm-hmm. number one thing that I, constantly I'm talking with people about and they don't even know it maybe or we book a call or we see each other and we don't even know what's heading here is just like trying to help people release this like guilt that we carry um like guilt and shame around Mm -hmm. feeding's not going well or my baby's percentile and weight is low and I'm doing everything that I can and my baby's not gaining weight um I'm pumping you know, every two to three hours and my milk like still isn't meeting the intake of my baby. My baby is crying all the time and they have reflux and I'm doing everything that I can. Right. When things aren't going well, we Mm -hmm. do tend to be hard on ourselves and we make ourselves feel really guilty um, or feel shame or feel like we're not doing our job. And so a lot of what I do, which I never could have imagined is sort of calling people out on that and being like, whoa, like, would you talk to your friend the way that you just talked to yourself? (laughs) Would you, you know, and like, let's actually take a step back and look at this. Why do you feel so guilty about the fact that you're doing the best that you can to feed your baby? Right. Um, And sort Mm -hmm. of giving people permission to let go of that. And, and once they can let go of that guilt and the pressure that they're putting on themselves, whatever it's about, right. It could be about anything in parenting that you can finally like be free of it and move Mm -hmm. forward with like the best choice for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. I like that you do that too. I think it's important and not everybody has that person who's going to call them out. I need people to do it for me all the time. I do it for Jamie. Jamie does it for me. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's when you need your good mom friend who's gonna be like what oh are you God. doing well I do I, I like to be a little bit so, very soft about it but it but when you see someone yeah. that much guilt and being so hard on themselves you just are like oh I've got to break you out of this because you're a good mom and you're doing the best that you can yeah you know? and that's all yes, that matters absolutely that's it right Mm-hmm. Is your baby breathing yeah, at the end exactly. of the day it's and alive true. and healthy and well, and you're alive and healthy and well, we've done it. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Very true. What does, I, I'm just kind of curious, what does, I'm sure my listeners are too, what does NAP Newborn stand for? Newborn and parenting support. And that's how it's that. always been. Like when Jamie I like the filed too. our initial DBA <laughs> when we opened Boston NAPs, it says on the original on the original piece of paper newborn and parenting support. 
And nobody knew what it meant or nobody ever asked us really because we were always Boston naps. <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. now that we're just naps, people, <laughs> people are asking and, um, and I'm like, yeah, I never really thought to <laughs> explain that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that you, you have people sold it now. People will so. come into our studio <laughs> off the street and ask if our office is a place for people to take naps. <laughs> to let you know. <laughs> no, Not actually. Quite. <laughs> it happens all the time. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> So Emily, one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests is what is your favorite mom okay, hack? So my favorite mom hack is, and I sort of already alluded to this and, and gave away some of my secret sauce earlier, but I truly like to teach people <laughs> when they're pregnant or when they have a baby. My kids are three and five and I still do this. When you get up in the morning to say out loud, one thing that you're going to do that day, one thing that you're not going to do. And one thing that you're going to ask for help with every day. And it doesn't have to be hard, right? Yeah. So um, I'm thinking about like literally my day today, right? I woke up today and the Mm -hmm. one thing that I'm going to do today is I'm taking my three-year-old, I'm picking her up early from school and I'm taking her to gymnastics. That's a big thing. Like for us, I'm going to pick her up early. We're going to go to gymnastics. So one thing that I'm not going to do is clean up their bedroom, which I'm sitting in right now. It's a disaster. I had a work event last night and I didn't get home till after nine and there's toys everywhere. It looks like an explosion of Barbie dream house and it's driving me crazy right now, but I am not going to clean the room today. I'm not going to do it. And I've already asked for help. I told my husband that I am not going to be able to make dinner tonight because of gymnastics. And I asked him to pick up a pizza. (laughs) That's it. That's amazing. Honestly, I love I love it because it doesn't seem overly thought. I mean, it's not you didn't have to put a ton of thought into it. And there's there's simple things, but it's the thing. Those are the things that really hang hang yeah. you up during the day. Like, oh my God, I didn't get this done and I have to make it, dinner right? still. And like by the end of the day, you're spinning. Yeah, and you feel bad well, that listen, you didn't you do said all these you things. You fold the laundry in the dryer, and at nine o'clock at night when you get in bed, you see it sitting in the dryer. You don't have to feel bad about that. You never said you were going to fold that. You always said you weren't going to do it. And if yeah, I feel I'd be careful with that one. I will always, always choose right? not to fold or the laundry like, in the dryer. I'm going to wash today. Come hell or high water, we're going to go outside for a walk. Even if it was only ten minutes, you get to be like, I did what I said I was going to do. I went on a ten minute walk, and then you just feel yeah. better. <laughs> and it forces yeah. you to practice asking for help. When every morning you have to say like, What can I ask for help with today? Yeah. It doesn't have to be big. It can be really small. It's just, it's practicing getting good at it and making it part of your routine and like part of your habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so cool. I, I, I really like that mom hack. I'm going to start enacting that. Oh, I've I'm picked sure. up so many amazing mom hacks from you could do my guests. Podcast on guest mom hacks. I, I really could, honestly. There's some, I'm sure. some really good ones. <laughs> So this is going on the list of things I'm going to incorporate. And I think it's a good skill. I mean, like you said, you started teaching your kids to do this too, but what a great way to teach that it's okay to ask for help, yeah. ask for help from the beginning. Because then as they get older, asking for help won't or feel think of as what you're modeling scary. For them. Like I want my girls to see me yeah, and, and be able to model what I'm doing. You know, I want to be, I want them mm-hmm. to, yeah. to be able to role model off of my actions. If I don't practice what I preach, I mean, I'm not, please guys, I'm not perfect by any means, but if I don't even try to practice <laughs> what I preach, but I expect my kids to do it, like, how can I expect my kids to do something that I'm not even doing? So, yeah, it's true. Thank you so much for all of your advice and your input and sharing about your story and your business. It's, it's so wonderful to hear that you're doing this. You and Jamie are both doing this. This is so, it's such a great company and I'm Thank really excited so much to for share having this. Me. this is so, so fun for me. I love yeah, it. <laughs> it has been. So really quickly, okay, where great. can our listeners so, find you? Um, for anybody listening, our biggest presence is on Instagram. Our handle is Boston Naps. And every Monday on Instagram, we do Moment for Mom, which is a free hour where Jamie or I show up for an hour in the feed and we answer any of your questions. 
So I love pointing people towards mm-hmm. the Boston Naps Instagram just simply if you're going to use it for Moment for Mom. Um, we also have a Facebook page and a private Facebook group that you can ask to join if you want another place to ask questions. And that is Naps and Nurture by Naps on Facebook. And then our mm-hmm. website is nurturebynaps.com. And that is where you can access whatever it is that you're looking for. It's broken up that you can simply put, I am pregnant, and it'll show you what you should be looking for. I'm a parent. My baby's zero <laughs> to three months, right? Like it's very user-friendly in that. And then if you're interested in becoming a Nurture by Naps member, that is on our website. There is a link that says, like, I'm interested in becoming a member. And I have created a unique code for you guys specifically and for your listeners at So You Had a Baby podcast. So Wonderful. The code is So You Had a Baby. And if users listening mm-hmm. use that code on our membership page, it will give them their first month in the membership for free. So check it out. Take a look. See what videos are in there. Ask some questions. Join a live group. And um, and then if you like it, you can stay. And if not, you can go. But I definitely wanted something special for everyone listening to this today to be able to to have. That is wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. What a great gift. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of gift, I noticed on your website we that do. you guys do we gift do have cards. Gift cards. And we do have it structured in a way that it, it makes suggestions of what you could give as a gift. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, I want to buy a gift card for my friend who's pregnant or my friend who had a baby. What should I give them? So we've put up suggestions. Mm-hmm. You can purchase an annual membership. You can purchase a lactation consult or a mom survival guide or a baby boot camp or a sleep consult. Mm-hmm. So you can actually gift your friend an awesome service. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. I love that you guys do that. And it's accessible for everyone everywhere. So it doesn't matter if you're in Boston or not, you can give this gift to, because honestly, I hear so often, like, I have a friend who's pregnant. What should I get them? I know, right? Get them help and get them information. That's what they need. you know, one really cute outfit. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But this, this truly, like when you give this gift, you are giving a mom something so valuable. You're giving her potentially her new best friend or a way to get connected when she's having a dark day or a way to like actually have a good laugh when you're learning about having your baby with your partner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so cool. And thank you so much. I'm so excited for, for our listeners to be able to have access to this and and for your information oh, again, you it was so such much. a pleasure I'm having so you on. Thank you so much, Emily. And I'm really excited to continue listening to your podcast. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful and humbled that you would take the time to tune in. Please continue to join me as I work to change the stigma around postpartum and help to build a community where women can feel supported, loved, and empowered. If you'd like to connect with me, follow me on Instagram at So You Had a Baby Podcast, or you can check out the website at www.soyouhadababypod.com. And if you want to hear more and be part of this amazing community of mamas, be sure to subscribe and share the podcast. 